0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so God, amen. The creation account that comes in the book of Genesis chapter 2. God takes from the dust of the earth and forms Man, and then breathe this in his nostrils. And the Bible says the man became a living being. So God made humanity and mankind out of the dust. So He took the dust and breathed into man. So, dust became man with the breath of God. I want you to keep that thought in, in your mind for a moment. Dust became a living being. That's exactly what the Bible says. And, and man became a living being. Dust became a living being by the breath of God. I think this is something very big when you think about it. It's big in the sense that it's the breath of God that transformed the dust into us. Right? What does the Bible say? It's he took dust formed man and breathed into him. I want to go to another scripture from St. Paul, from 2 Timothy. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, for the scripture, for all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction again all the scripture is given by the inspiration of god and given for doctrine reproof correction and instruction when you actually read the word given by inspiration there's no word given at all in the greek that doesn't exist it's not there this is translation The word is actually adjective. There's no passive mode of speaking. There's no given. When you say all scriptures is given, that means somebody gives it. So who that is? You assume God, yes. And it's a good assumption. It's true. But the Greek doesn't have that, that verb, given. It doesn't have this passive mode of speech. What the Greek actually has, it has all scriptures and then an adjective. This adjective word is what we translate as given by inspiration. When you look into this word, it's actually made out of two words, God and breath. So you can say all scripture is the breath of God. This is, by the way, we use that term in in church. Sometimes after ordinations, I think it's in the reader's ordination. The reader is actually told to read the scriptures, which are the breath of God. That term breath of God, it's taken from St. Paul from 2 Timothy. So you can see all scripture is. The breath of God. Even in Arabic, we say, confess Allah. So I want to, to go back to the book of Genesis. Man is made, formed by God, and God breathed into man, and man became a living being. You take the breath of God from man, man becomes dust. Scripture is the breath of God. You take this from us and we become dust. You give us the scriptures, we have life. This is what it is. Scripture is a life giving for us. We stay away from it, we're like dead. We have it and read it and consume it we live by it and Saint Paul tells us it's a good for teaching actually we translate it into doctrine doctrine is is good so so it's a good for doctrine it's useful for doctrine for reproof for correction and for instruction i think we all need teachings I think we all need reproof, I think we all need correction, and I think we all need instruction. I don't think any of us, I don't think, I think all of us need correction. Correction is good for us, and correction is found in the Scriptures, actually If I go back to the Greek again, the word correction, in the Greek it actually to makes one straight. So if you're crooked in your ways, and you read the scriptures, the scriptures makes you what? Makes you straight. You fix your ways. You correct the way you live. And when you correct the way that you live, and you, now you live according to God. Now you're truly living, because otherwise you're not. Otherwise you're not. Saint Paul in the book of Hebrews he says, "For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than a double-edged sword, and is piercing." between the spirit and the soul, the bones and the marrows, and a discerner of the intents, and a discerner of the thoughts of the heart and its intents. So think about this. We actually have such a hard time to describe what's the difference between soul and spirit. If you ask a person, what's the difference between soul and spirit, we always struggle. Even the church fathers don't have a complete layout understanding or explanation of what the soul is and what the spirit Mm -hmm. is. So it says the word of God, it penetrates between the soul and the spirit. And between the bones and the marrows. In who? In me. And in you says, and it discerns the intents and the thoughts of the heart. Not just your thoughts, not just what goes on in your heart, but even the intent of your heart. Like you look into it and you read it, and it shines a light on what goes on in your heart. And this is why I say, if we don't have the breath of God, if we don't have the word of God, we're dead. How do I read? Read. (coughs) Simple. But read and give it its true worth. Like, like St. Paul in, uh, in Thessalonians, to the Thessalonians, he says, when we came to you and preached to you the word of God, you truly received it, not as words of men, but as truly the words of God. So he said, we came and preached to you the gospel and you heard the gospel and you truly considered the gospel to be truly the words of God. So every time you come to church and you have a deacon here up reading, The words that are read are the words of God himself, speaking to you in your ears. They're not the words of anybody else. These are not the words of the deacon. These are not the words of Paul. They're not the words of Matthew. They're not the words of Mark. These are the words of God himself. And even when you read at home, You consider the Bible that's in your hands to be the words of God. So, how do we treat it? We pour ourselves on it, or we pour ourselves in it. St. Gregory Nazianzus has a famous uh, quotation that I think I referred to it several times before. He says, Lord, When I read your psalms, let me hear you sing. When I read your words, let me hear you speak. When I reflect on every page, let me see your face. And when I come to do your precepts, fill my heart with joy. I'll repeat this again. Lord, when I read your psalms, let me hear you sing. And when I read your words, let me hear you speak. And when I reflect on every page, let me see your face. And when I come to do your precepts, fill my my heart with joy. So what does he want to do? He wants to be intimate with the Lord. You want to be intimate with Christ. You want to enter into a truly deep relationship with the Lord and not from distance. But as one who actually experiences him. It's in the scriptures. In the Psalms. In the Psalms you can hear him singing. You can hear him crying. You can hear him in pain you can hear him everything you can hear him on the cross and in the in the gospels and in the pages you can almost see his face that's very true those of us who want to know the lord truly read the gospels you become very very close to the lord when you read the Gospels, when you read the four Gospels, when you pour yourself on the Gospel, they mold you, they change you. You become a different person. Why? Because you become a close friend with the person of Christ. And that friendship becomes truly living and becomes true and real. And so that friend of yours impacts you, changes you. And what do you what do you change to be to bring forth fruits, hundred folds, sixty folds, and thirty folds? The Bible is our way that God had given us. It says, "Your words are a light unto my feet." Uh, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Path of what? We use the Bible or the scriptures to know what do I do tomorrow? How do I plan my life? I think it will be much more beneficial for us if we use it to lead us to salvation. To lead us into righteousness. This is a proper use of the scriptures. But we use it because we want to know. What is tomorrow bringing to me. And how to deal with my problems. That's good. Because you know why? It will correct you. To the righteous path of God. And that's a good way. That's a good thing. To know Mm -hmm. God's will. But the main purpose is to lead you. To that path of righteousness. So. The sower goes out to sow his seeds and he plants. And it needs to be received in a good earth. This good earth is our hearts. They need to be poured out on the scriptures. I have to tell you, the Bible is like anything. You give it time... You give it labor. You give it energy. It will give you virtues and fruits. You listen to it in the car. I don't know how much fruits will give you. You give it two minutes a day, five minutes a day. Good. Start. Don't delay. But when you give it more, will give you more. Why? Because you're spending more time with this amazing friend who speaks out from the Gospels, who speaks out, who comes out from the Gospels into your heart. The Bible is not far from us. It's in our hands. You know, in the early church, you would hardly find People have Bibles at their homes. If they have part of a scripture or part of a gospel, that would be very, very good. And sometimes you find even churches don't have the full scriptures because it was expensive. It was hard to get. Now we have it in our homes, in our phones. Pour yourself on it. It will mold you. It will change you. You will bring fruits 160 and 30 fold. And glory be to God for Amen.